Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more, and I share the stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. And on today's podcast, I interview Daniel Hoover. He is the founder of Soma Integrated Health. It is a health and wellness center that combines both Eastern and Western philosophies to bring your total integrated health together. On the podcast, we actually talk about a range of topics, a lot about mindsets and beliefs, things that people need to know um, in order to get started. You know, what does it take to be both a strong leader, husband, family man, uh, especially during the times of crisis like COVID? You know, how do you actually find your internal compass and use it to guide you to where you need to go? And ultimately, you know, what are those roadblocks that are stopping you to get to where you need to go? How do you unroadblock yourself? And how do you focus on self-care uh, so that you can make sure that you're in balance with yourself? So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Daniel Hoover. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. This is awesome. Um, you know... Uh, we connected before through a mutual friend, and I really enjoyed all the talks that we've had, um, and we've been on some journeys together, so um, I'd love to take this time to kind of get to know you a bit more, um, learn a bit about your history, and uh, kind of uh, you know, find out like what led you up to being where you're at today. Cool. Cool. Dig it, man. Um, so just to uh, give a little baseline, can you kind of explain a little bit about what you do in your professional world? Sure. In my professional world, I uh, own and operate Soma Integrative Health Center. It's located in Long Beach, California. And what we do is combine Eastern and Western medicine without the use of drugs or surgery. And I always like to say we help people get out of pain, into balance, and back to play. So, uh, yeah, just in a nutshell, we, we combine different uh practices from chiropractic, acupuncture, Eastern medicine, herbs. And one of the, the things we're most known for is uh, Tai Chi. Oh, super cool. It's such an interesting path, especially the integration of both Eastern and Western. Um, you know, what kind of, what kind of led you onto this path of, of blending those two realms together? It's, uh, it's interesting to answer this question because on one hand, I guess I have an etheric answer and then just a logical answer. Mm. Uh, my life has just pretty much guided me this way and it resonated is, is the short answer. It started with my martial arts training since I was uh, 12 years old. And I remember being fascinated about the balance and that way of living. And then when we learned pressure points used for self-defense, coming to the understanding that those are the, the exact same points used for healing, it really planted a seed early on. I was like, wow. Uh, come to find out later on, the uh, Kung Fu masters of the past were also acupuncturists and bone setters, which would be like an old school version of chiropractic. So there's these little, uh, I don't know, seeds of influence along the way that just resonated with me and I just followed it. Super cool. Yeah, I, I remember being a kid and like coming across those like pressure points when I was a kid and going, oh, wow, what happens if I, if I hit all these buttons? What, what are some like 
misnomers or things that like Westerners or you know uh, people uh, that aren't as familiar with the Eastern philosophies. Um, what are some misnomers about like acupuncture, uh, acupuncture and pressure points and things like that um, that you need to generally clear up with people? Probably one related to the example you gave is that there's one or two or even a few pressure points. If you just hit it just right, that exact point, the person will freeze or die instantly or die in once they take five steps. There's no magic death touch I can I can go hands. <laughs> There's certainly more vulnerable areas yeah. uh, than others, and you don't need a, a you know a finger poke to you know cause injury. So there's a lot of exaggeration, but but you can disrupt and reverse the chi flow, the the energy that animates all life, and that can cause uh, short term and long term damage, and even it could weaken a limb if you're in battle. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, in terms of like chi flow and and um, reversing and such, I mean, do you have any like stories or allegories that you can talk about about like? Um, um, beneficial use cases that you've seen either firsthand or even secondary of like, you know, someone came in with this type of thing and they were able to work on this thing and this is this is how you actually use Chi Flow to get a result? The uh, the only examples that I've personally been able to experience are um, uh, pr pressure stimulation that caused immediate shock and awe in the person's body. And it wasn't anything too specific. It was just a slap in the face or a punch in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> so I never really needed to do any advanced moves. It's just like a quick sweep or a quick bow, you know. Uh, although th th we do rest um, with a, with some confidence that if someone, you know, gets you into like a headlock or something, there's some real sensitive points you can hit quickly that will loosen their grip, mm -hmm. which we've gotten to experience, you know, like, uh, and, and you can even use a little bit of, oh, I don't know, a, je a Jedi, mind, Jedi mind trick where you say, hey, I've got a knife and you hit this point quickly. They think it's a knife and it's a shock to a pressure point and they will release. Oh. We, we've gotten to practice that, but I haven't used it in, in a real altercation. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it's a it's a combination of a, a, just a little like little neuro-linguistic programming kind of thing where you just inject it in the mind and just whap and hit them. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Like... So um, along the path of, you know, getting into this holistic integrated practice, um, you know, what were some of the challenges you had along the way while you're, while you're building up your business? Threshold gardens, is that called? Um, challenges with building up the business was uh, overcoming the idea that I need to know it all and do it myself. And I need to have everything I need right now to start. So one of the mantras and concepts that I kept telling myself over and over is done is better than perfect. And the other one is um, if you wait till you're ready, you'll never get started. Mm -hmm. So I just jumped in, uh, trusted in myself, my abilities, my ability to ask for help and, and be shaped and molded by those around me that are qualified at giving advice in, in that arena. And, uh, and just get after it. It's interesting how you said that, like, you know, one of the biggest, you know, threshold guardians that stopped you from getting to where you want to go is was it your own mindset blocking you from what you needed to, to realize was, was really true. You know, what do you think are some other, like, you know, top of mind uh, uh, limiting beliefs or mindsets that prevent people from actually getting to where they need to go? 
most commonly that I hear and one that has been mine off and on are limiting beliefs about money, uh, thinking that I need X amount of money. Once I have this amount of money, then I'll be able to do X. And what I realized is uh, there are other resources besides money. And probably the most valuable resource that I've found are, are, are humans, friends, colleagues, mentors, coaches. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times someone told me something and I was like, that was a $10,000 piece of advice for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so the limiting belief that like you need money versus the, the, that sense of vulnerability you get from asking for help, right? That, that, that's, yes. really, that's the cost you pay is putting yourself out there. Um, you, you, you had the one mantra. I mean, is there any other mantras that you have or any other truths that you live by to kind of keep you pointing that true North direction? Uh, yeah. What, what, uh, rating is this podcast? Is it PG, PG 13? No, it's, 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 it's go for it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, there's anything goes in this one. I mark explicit on all the podcasts just in case. Okay. Got it. Um, sometimes you just have to say, fuck it and do it. (laughs) No, I I agree with that mentality. You just get clear. Fuck it. And you just jump in. Yeah. 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 And it's a calculated one too, you know, but if you wait till everything's right, you just have to just go for it. Um, do you have an example of that? Something where you, you've had that in your own personal life where you felt, you felt the fear and you did it anyways kind of thing. Sure. Uh, most recently was a couple years ago. I had an opportunity to expand my practice where the neighbors, the, the office next to me moved out. And that when we first moved in, we were thinking, well, wouldn't that be interesting if we took over the place next door? And then uh, the people next door, they moved. And that was one of those moments where I just had to say, fuck it and go for it and knock that wall down, double my lease and build out. And there are a lot of challenges with that build out, but keep persevering. And shortly after the build out was complete, we filled up, we, we, we got to that capacity, at least that minimum capacity where it made sense. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's a big risk. And then again, uh, I think it ties back to what you're saying earlier about that, like, oh, well, what about the money? What about this? We need to have, we need to make sure we have X amount accounted for, but just, just, it's, it sounds like, you know, do you have any philosophies around like, you know, um, you asking the universe for things and then like magic just kind of showing up in front of you? Is there things around? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's one of the things that's really helped getting back to your first question about how did I get on this path? There are these moments along the way where I'd ask for something Mm -hmm. and then it would just show up. And I, I like to call it, uh, the, um, inner compass. We all have this compass inside of us. That's our true North. Mm. And to the degree we learn to listen to it or see these, these signs, uh, either internally or externally that, yep, that's the direction. Uh, or there'll be consequences, right? The, the, if you go the opposite way, what one that I, the first one I distinctly remember, I was a massage therapist and I had just branched out of working out of a chiropractor's office and was all in going for it. I was 
networking, doing everything I could. And, and I was just short of making my rent. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, I literally can't make rent and I'm doing everything I can. I was in my head. I was super stressed out. I even had a little bit of doubt, which can be very dangerous. And I remember I was in my Volkswagen bus. I'm at a red light and I, and I stopped and I, and I just surrendered. And I said, you know what? Trust trust in the process, trust in higher sources, higher ways of thinking and and connection. And I totally surrendered. And I was like, there's nothing else I can do. Rents do. I don't know if it was today or tomorrow, but rents do. And there's nothing I can do. Right. (laughs) And I I like to pay my bills on time. And then actually at the moment, I remember the, the detail of how I got it. But that day, later that day, either got an email text or something for a check coming in of the exact amount that I was short <laughs> for rent. And I was like, there's no way. Wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it does feel like we live in like a, this kind of weird video game. That's the way I always relate it to that. Like the things you ask for tend to pop up, but sometimes you have like blockers on, and you don't listen to that voice. You know, some people have, they, they put earmuffs on or whatever. Do you have any rituals or, or practices around getting more in touch with that inner voice, that inner compass that you're talking about? Is there some way that you can kind of get clarity to kind of parse it out? That's a great question. Um, yeah, there's some things. Uh, one is exercise. That clears my head. Uh, a few years ago, I got into triathlons, and that is something that continually challenges me and helps me empty my mind. Wow, I didn't know Old that. school medicine. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's, it's one of my least favorite sports, but I do it the most as David, David Goggins says, you know, it, you know, callous the mind, it really strengthens my mind. And when I started, uh, thanks to the peer pressure, I mean, encouragement of a friend, yeah. uh, I, um, I noticed there was a parallel process with my, my personal records and improvement with triathlon training and my business, because it's these slow incremental gains. It's pushing through my barriers of pain and discomfort just like in my business. And to the degree I can embrace discomfort and know that that discomfort is going to lead to growth. I, I started having some, uh, significant breakthroughs. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I want to touch on that, but yeah, what else do you do besides the, besides the triathlons to, to kind of get clear on that inner voice, that inner compass? I'll meditate. Yeah. I practice Tai Chi. Tai Chi really helps me. It's a moving meditation. I, um, I make sure I get away, uh, like just myself, fortunately I have an amazing supportive wife mm-hmm. who fully supports me having, uh, me time, yeah. you know, uh, so I can clear my head. And also I, um, I'm a big fan and believer of plant medicines. Mm-hmm. I believe plant uh, medicines are, uh, are teachers in many ways or can be teachers. And I've had some significant breakthroughs with uh, the plant kingdom got it you know with the tai chi um because i haven't done really if any tai chi to be honest with you so (laughs) i'd be curious about like is there been moments when you're going through it where you feel like you have like a like a quantum lift up or 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 something where you feel like you enter those flow states or anything like that um because i've I've heard there's there's some of the books I've read and things like that where whether it's a movie meditation or meditation itself there's sometimes you you kind of feel like you hit like a like um kind of like a flow tunnel or something. Is have you had any kind of like 
like moments like that with Tai Chi or any like things that you've you walk away with stuff? Yes, and I haven't heard it described the way you just described it, but I had a flow tunnel once and it's interesting. It sounds far out there. Mm. Uh, but I remember my first flow tunnel with Tai Chi, it was I don't know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, probably more like 15 years ago when I was training at the temple with my uh, original Tai Chi master mm. on an early Saturday morning. And he used to go so slow, it pissed me off. And I'd be, I know Tai Chi is slow, but I remember looking at Master Tom being like, come on, man, are you serious? Like that slow? Like, really? Like, are you just messing with me? And then again, that surrender, I finally just one day Saturday clicked in and I, I gave myself permission to uh surrender and go as slow as him and now actually i make it a game of follow the leader like if i just let go and follow him so the moment i just surrendered and moved at his frequency which was un normally uncomfortable cr as crazy as it sounds there was this fly flying around my hand and i was doing this movement pattern called wave hands like clouds where the hand sweeps in front of my face off to the side and then I slowly close my hand and I saw the fly flying around my hand and this is like a regular fly the kind that flies around the trash and annoys you right mm -hmm. I saw it around my hand I said oh my gosh and I just that same speed slowly closed my hand and I caught the fly in <laughs> slow motion what? straight up you, you Mr. Miyagi that thing I miyagi <laughs> it like reverse it's never happened again yeah. but it just was this perfect circumstance and I, yeah. I you know I don't know how to explain it but it was just that that tunnel that flow tunnel yeah, and it caught caught in my tunnel oh, that's super yep. cool you said that the guy's name was Master Tom yeah yeah Does, um, have you had like like who have you been your who have been your mentors along this path for you to kind of grow into your practice? You know, Master Tom taught you Tai Chi. Is there other people, whether actually in your life or virtual mentors that you kind of seek guidance from? Yeah, uh, there's. I've had different mentors and coaches uh, throughout time. Some of them are, you know, famous uh, motivational speakers. You know, I've read books and things. I, Tony Robbins was one of the early influencers sure. for me. Uh, but the first was my dad, uh, Corey Hoover. He helped really provide for me a foundation that is the, it just keeps giving and giving, you know, he's, he gave me some good values and taught me uh, a lot about what it means to be uh, a man and, uh, and, and use my unique gifts for good. And, uh, then my uh, martial arts teachers were very influential in many ways. Uh, most recently would be uh, one of my best friends and my best man, Dustin Edwards. Mm -hmm. He is a very uh, humble and successful man in business, in marriage, as a father. I look up to him a lot and we're the same age. We actually started in martial arts together and came up through the ranks. I think we both learn from each other. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think he really knows how much I look up to him and how much he's helped to guide and shape me as a business owner, as a father and as a husband. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. It's, it's, it's always great when you can have a, a peer be a role model, right? Because they're, they're like, they're next to you on the path, right? And you can, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like they're, you know, the, the Mr. Miyagi or, or Master Tom who's <laughs> decades ahead of you, who just, who you're like, 
how did you get here? It's like, no, you, you watch them incrementally grow. And um, it's almost like hands washing hands with uh, inspirations and insights. That's, that's super cool. Um, when you said, you know, your dad taught you what it meant to be a man, can you say a little bit more about that? Like, what, 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 do you, what does it mean to you to be a man? There, there's different dimensions to it, and he taught me a few very important ones. Uh, one is uh, honor and, and to um, uh, keep your word. I remember him telling me, you know, honor is something that you can give to yourself, but no one can take away. And there are a couple spot weld moments I had early on where uh, he got to let me know. He, he got me to a point where I was like, I'm never going to lie again. Because <laughs> <laughs> he caught me. Yeah. And I, I remember he was like, he's like, son, I'm going to give you one more chance to tell me the truth. I was like, there's no way he can know I went this way to walk to school the way he didn't want me to walk to school, like yeah. in middle school. There's yeah, no way sure. he can know. There's no way. Right. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to give you one more chance. Right. And I was like, and then I told him that I did not, you know, I lied. Yeah. And then he's like, son, I know he didn't get mad. You know, he didn't get emotional or anything. He, he but he's like, son, I know it. Cause I came out and I said, I was like, dang. And at that moment where I, I got to see and feel the, um, the betrayal. Yeah. And he said, son, have I ever lied to you? You know? And, and from that day on, I've never told a lie, yeah. like a straight out lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, sometimes it's, you leave no commission and omission. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's tears that, that line, but that whole, um, and the thing is, we don't always intentionally lie. Like sometimes you don't even pay attention. Like sometimes you even get like you're going about your day and you don't realize that you're you you were untruthful or or you you covered up with justification and things. But that that's a powerful powerful lesson, especially how we handle that because you're at such a vulnerable state right there, right? Because you you got caught, right? And he could have he could have yep. pounded you and ground you know and all, all that <laughs> stuff, right? Right. But it was it was just a perfect chance to say, okay, let's take away some of that armor and, and paint on some on some, some good, good value sets. That's beautiful. Um, do you, um, like with your practice, um, do you have like, um, like an end game with your practice? Do you have a, uh, a Holy grail that you're seeking for what you're trying to do? Yes. And no, the no is, uh, because my practice continually becomes beyond what I could have imagined. So I keep having to reimagine it. I'm, I'm in new territory where uh, I don't technically have to go in to uh, treat patients, although I still do. I have a team of doctors and, and a, 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 just a whole team there that is um, really owning our core values and, and delivering best practices. And, and just I'm so proud of them. It's incredible. So the first thing was to get to a point to replace myself where it's not about me. And to take the unique skills that I have uh, as a healer and make them reproducible. Uh, and so that's where I am now. I'm, I'm fine tuning that as the clinical director. What would be next is to get it to the point where it's absolutely a closed practice, mm -hmm. meaning there's a, there's a wait list so far in advance that either I need to open up a second practice uh, or I don't know. So here's where I am right now. A lot of people in business say you want to get your practice to where you can sell it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's smart to get it to a point where it's sellable, but I'm not 
uh, at the point where I, I necessarily would want to sell it. But I think have it just be so clean that I can sell it or franchise it and things like that. So those are the decisions that I'm I'm uh, looking at. Yeah, it's super hard. Like when you're, you know, um, when you have a business and you have you have talent, you have skills, you have abilities, you have uh, personality, you have things that, that make because the business is first a piece of you as you grow it, right? And it is really a piece of you. And then as you inject more people into that business, you slowly start to remove yourself from the situation, which is really scary. Uh, very much like a father and a son to where you're like, okay, I'm going to let go and let you be free and see if you can stand on your own two legs without me being a part of it. And that's always such a scary transitionary stage. Um, is it, do you feel like, um, cause I mean, that's, that's the challenge of kind of growing and letting go of your business. I mean, is it, is it not necessarily you want to sell your business or you want to have something so, so tight that it basically operates without you? Yeah, that would be definitely the next indicated step. And then what's beyond that? And, mm. and it's, it's closer to that than not. Mm. I mean, it, it, it really is. How is, uh, you know, I don't. I don't always want to bring up this thing because it's such a constant topic, but I, I am curious, how did it, how did COVID affect your whole practice and everything? Well, uh, I was, <laughs> it's a, it's a, let me see, how did I say it? No, it's no, a, it's it, fine. It, it's yeah. totally fine. I, so we rocked it. Mm. We did get hit the first few weeks where we, uh, we did lose some volume. Yeah but a fraction compared to a lot of my colleagues around while a, a, lot, a lot of other offices actually closed down. And I remember halfway through the stay at home order, people were starting to come to us just because like their, their um, offices that they went to cl had closed down. And I, I'll tell you the, the thing that I believe had the, the biggest impact on why we, we stayed open the whole time we, we did reduce our hours for, I think, two or three weeks. There are a couple, a few days we reduced to half shift for two or three days for three weeks. And then we got back to normal. And right now we're actually back to uh, pre-COVID uh, numbers in terms of the volume of patients we see. That's yeah, great. Was uh, realizing we're essential. Before they even said uh, that, oh, chiropractors are essential. I just knew it from within and operated as if. And I, I talked to my team, I checked in with them and said, hey, how are you all really? Um, who wants to work? Who needs to work? Who, you know, who wants to stay home? And those that wanted to work, we got after it and got the messaging out like, we're open, we're clean, uh, you know, we're sanitary, we're safe, and we're here to serve. That's, that's beautiful. And it's, to me, it's super interesting watching the way this whole thing played out because, um, with the whole places that are essential, non-essential, I mean, for the most part, yeah, people need to eat, people, you know, people need to be healed, people need certain certain things. But it's, it is funny to see some of these like random businesses that I wouldn't expect to, to, to be open, that they marked as essential and other ones to be non-marked essential. Um, I can't remember where I heard it, but they said that like, Bars are essential, but triple um, um, AA meetings are non-essential, and so. <laughs> and, wow. And so you look at that, and I know also with like with like like hotel businesses, um, a lot of them got shut down, but certain ones became marked as essential because like certain dudes that owned the businesses were on the board, and they're like, no, we're an essential business, and they just stayed open. So it's like 
it's like it really is an interesting time. What do you, what do you think is like the silver lining, the takeaway? What is the what is like the um, after this COVID thing? What do you think are the positive messaging things coming from this whole COVID era, post COVID era that we've come through? I think uh, it really has created an opportunity for us to look at our lives and see what's working, what's not working. What about ourselves and our relationships and our career do we like and don't like? And this is the time to pivot. This is the perfect time to make a change in your life in a new direction or to step on the gas. Yeah. It, it was the uh, almost like the uh, um, universal pause button for everybody. Go, okay, everybody, go indoors. Yeah. Now what do you want to do with your time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it broke so many patterns. Um, I noticed, oh my gosh, yeah. Like for myself, I noticed that like a lot of my energy, the way that I get to do things that if I'm feeling resistance is I go into energy places that have that energy and I go on that ride. So if I, if I don't want to work out, I'll go into a gym and I'm gonna, on that slipstream. If I want to be productive and I want to kind of get away from everything, I'll go to like a Starbucks where I can just kind of be around the energy of people but just slip in that stream. But then I didn't have that and I had to go, okay, how, how now? How now do I find a new pattern? You know, because we, we all have these choices to, to make new patterns. Are there, are there any new patterns that you developed while COVID was going on? Are there any new things that you felt like were, um, you know, ways to kind of redefine who you are and what you do with your whole process? What I'm present to is how you're saying you like to use a lot of uh, gaming terminology. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the right terminology, but when you know how you pick a character uh-huh. and you can increase certain characteristics like more shield, more immunity, more yeah. power, more strength. Attributes. So I, attributes. So I, what I'm present to is I got to take a look at the areas that I really wanted to increase those mm-hmm. attributes. So one was real quality time with family. Yeah. So with my wife and my daughter. And uh, another was really t- looking at being the leader I've always wanted to be. I got to see how much, like, okay, I'm an employer, so I'm a leader. I get that. But I got, like, what real leadership can look like during this time when my employees were scary. So I really f- was intentional about my leadership so that they feel safe and taken care of. Um, that's beautiful, yeah. In my mind, I'm yeah. actually I'm pitching I'm pitching your character, right? And then I'll, next, it's like it's like you know, family man, boop 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 boop, leadership, boop 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 boop. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, because you know, there was a, it was a moment of uncertainty, and 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 instead of like you like embodying that uncertainty and projecting it outwards, you know, onto your family and onto your employees, you say you, you that sign of a true leadership. You you kind of like you said, oh, I'm I'm going to use this this uncertainty and, and forge something more powerful, which is, which is beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Um, Thanks. How old your daughter, by the way? She's two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. So, yep. yeah. So, um, how do you feel? Do you have any, like, are there any like life lessons that are being passed from your father to you, to her? Are there any ways that you're trying to shape her as a little person? Like what are your, what are your thoughts around raising your daughter? Uh, just to provide a little context as well, uh, my wife is also pregnant with uh, our son that's on the way. He'll be here in a couple of months. Wow. Okay. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Thanks, man. So with my daughter, I am paying attention to a couple of things. The first thing that I noticed and I really took on is not getting angry with her. 
because with her being so little, there's no reason for me to get mad at her. If she knocks something over, that's on me for putting it there. And I really want her to feel safe. I want her to feel taken care of, and I want her to feel heard. Same with her mom. I, I think about that regularly. Safe, taken care of, and heard. And so what that looks like is I'm paying attention to her. There's a lot of times I'm doing other things, and she's like, Daddy, look at me. So I just take a breath, transition out of what I'm doing, or I'll right away just be like, what's up, girl? And then I'll let her know I have to get back to work or something. And um, so being intentional about our playtime, being intentional about – not getting emotional with her, just accepting her for who she is and, and, and her current awareness. We play a lot. Um, I think that's the main thing, creating a space that's safe for her where she can play. And then I remember earlier today, she did something. Uh, I can't think of what it was. Oh, she put this, she was putting this little thing around her neck. And I was like, Hey, Hey, you know, it was like time out. And I told her, Hey, look, and she was mad that I told her to take it off her neck. Right. And I was yeah. like, daddy mommy let you play you can do all these different things like look all around you can do there's just some things we're gonna say no because we love you and we don't want you to get hurt so i just tried to i don't know if she got that but she kind of relaxed and she she got it looked like she got i'm not being mean yeah. i care for her just not that go do all the other things you're doing yeah well yeah and it's coming from a place of love i mean nobody i mean we're all, all humans it's it's funny because like one thing that I realized when I saw like my little like when my niece and my nephew were younger and they'd get angry and then I'd see like a like a like an older man get angry and I'd see like 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 while you quote unquote mature with your logic and what goes on, your emotions are still the same, you know, and you'd never want to be told what to do. You know, if you're two years mm -hmm. old or if you're a fifty year old man, like it's you always have the same type of things. But if you realize if you recognize that the person isn't trying to attack you and you're like, hey, I'm coming with love. You know, I'm, right, I'm coming, I'm right. like, I want to make sure because of my values and making sure that you're safe and you're protected. You know, I'm, I want, I want to, I'm watching out for you. And, uh, and, you know, I think it's beautiful to say that and, you know, to be able to have that difficult conversation with your daughter, but from a place of compassion and love, it's a very difficult balance of, you know, telling them, you know, having those boundaries, but then also coming with love. Right. And so, mm -hmm. like, in your mind, I mean, do you have, like, like you, you seem very natural, but is there tactics around that? Or is it merely just that mantra in the back of your head of where you're, where you're positioning, where you're coming from? I think the only, I don't know if it's a tactic, but more of, like, just a, an awareness or context is being aware that I am the example and I want to be the example for her of what, uh, you know, uh, a healthy father, man, husband can be. So I'm intentional about how I show affection to her mother, mm. um, how her mother and I, my wife, <laughs> um, you know, resolve uh, things that we don't agree on yeah. in front of her. So just having that, like, this is like what she sees me do, she might end up with. Yeah. So that's in the background. When you say she might end up with, you mean she'll she'll internalize that for herself, or she'll seek that in another male when she eventually becomes of age. Right, she'll seek that in a partner, maybe mm -hmm. a male. Yeah. You know, who knows? Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in an, in a yeah in a connection point. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, hey, yeah. No, no judgments here, man. I totally agree. With you. Good catch. <laughs> I like I like the awareness with your um, I mean, with your wife. You talk about being aware of the situations. You know. Uh, my my parents, whenever they start to fight and stuff, 
um, I guess because I, I was the third kid, and so they figured it out by the time they got to me, is when they got mm. that trigger, they're like, uh, and I never, I think I've never saw my parents fight my whole life. They would go into a car, and like, we're going to go for a drive. And they would they would drive, oh. and they would duke it out, and they would come back, and it would all be okay. But I never really, never really witnessed it. Uh, plenty of fights with my brothers and all that fun stuff has boys do um but like what about you like when you catch yourselves i mean how do you because you're in that emotion like you, you become aware of it do you do you step aside do you have things do you do you signal to her like like hey don't steal second let's go home kind of thing or what are you, what do you do to 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 not 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 do that bad uh not the bad but that negative communication um in, in front of your daughter well for for one in fairness she and i have we're together five years before we got married mm -hmm. and then we had Milana a, a little while after that. So we've gotten to refine it, you know, how, how we are. Uh, but what ultimately happens is um, if an escalation starts, my default is not to be in that emotional space. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I recognize it, I just kind of try to like, let's calm it down. And what I got to is, you know, I, I want to, allow a space for my wife to express her passion and her emotional self. And at the same time, it also be a safe space. So if it gets beyond a point that I think where it's a slippery slope, yeah. I just say, Hey, like, can we just time out for a minute or Hey, sweetheart, I really want to hear you, but I'm having a hard time hearing you right now with how it is. And I want, I want to really get you. So let's, let's come back to this when we're both just really calm and centered. That's and then I just have to stick to that. That's beautiful. That's, that's amazing. And I love how you don't self-identify with that being your default state. You're like, no, no, my default state is like love and being and and hearing people and all that. Do you feel like as as the meditative practice helped you have that as a default state? Have you always had that default state, or what allowed you to identify with that type of default state? I, I think it's by knowing what you're not. You know, and that's kind of how that internal compass works, too. If I did something and I just felt awful about myself for doing something that was out of integrity, I was like, I don't ever want to feel that again. That's not me. And so I've gotten to refine, like, what's me? And people have told me this and I've noticed this for myself. It's not just this meditative state, but it's a play state. I'm just very playful and like to have a good time. So if something's taking me out of that, like all of a sudden everything's chill and then things escalate. I'm like, hold up. That's not me. That's not my karma. That's not my drama. I'm not even trying to create that. So let let me go back to where I'm at and see how I can sort of navigate our us to a place that's more peaceful. And one other thing too I noticed is that that uh, my wife Veronica was able to get behind is I want us to create a peaceful home. Like we'll disagree, we'll have our challenges, but ultimately I want the default of our home to be a place of peace, no drama. That's beautiful. Yeah, peace and yeah. play. Peace and play. Yeah. And I yeah, agree, and man. some play. Yeah, I got play. Yep. <laughs> I agree, man. No, we've we've had some fun together on some hikes and some things. <laughs> I would definitely define you as play. She's like, especially like, I don't know why, but like you sliding up with your daughter, going, "What up, girl?" Like I pitch you like like I don't know why I fedora, <laughs> kind of like pimp style. You're like, "What up, girl?" And just slid right. <laughs> <laughs> I like, did i post that already i must have posted no, that no i don't know i'm what just kidding <laughs> i was like it was so funny um yeah i think that's i think that's beautiful man and um you know let me like I, you know questions for you around like i mean identifying that like do you do any type of reflective work like ways to be able to kind of do you have any rituals or practices that have you whether it's journaling or weekly routines or things that allow you to kind of take a stop take a beat look back see how you're doing 
and kind of be able to kind of gather yourself up and move forward? Is there anything like that that you do on a, on a, on a ritual or consistent basis, whether it's morning routines, night stuff, weekend stuff, or anything like that that allows you to be... Because you seem very reflective. I mean, I know you have a holistic practice which kind of embodies that kind of thing, but I was just wondering if there's any rituals that you do that support that kind of mindset and behavior. Um, what comes to mind is um, just, just the consistency is self-care. I always do self-care no matter what. Um, and that shows up in different ways. The, the other thing is the things I think you're pointing to are more cyclical, whether it'll be quarterly or once a month mm. or once or twice a year. And those kind of things are uh, cleanses where I'll go on a, a liquid diet and I won't eat for anywhere from three to 10 days. Oh, wow. Um, with that, is it is it is it cleanses in just water, or is it green drinks, or what are you talking about with that? Uh, green or or juice drinks. Yeah, I've done you know the the master cleanse. I do variations. You know, I tweak them a little bit, but mm -hmm. the master cleanse or an all um, you know raw apple juice or something like that. Oh, wow. And I can send you later uh, something that I I hand out to the patients that I've that I've set up. Yeah, that, that we use. You can get all the stuff at your local uh, food, st food store. And then the other thing that really helps me just really get as deep as I need to and have profound personal breakthroughs yeah. is uh, working with the, the plants. You know, there's different plants that uh, are lock and key. Uh, you know, they have neurotransmitters with our brain and they help to lift the veil and, 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 and get, help us get to the truth, our truth or truth we need to see, connect the different hemispheres of the brain. And uh, I find that to be helpful. I, I often tell uh, patients and students when, when they're like, oh, you know, like, what about this plant? What about that plant? I have a slide that I show them to really help them get present to, you know, no particular drug or plant is bad. Mm -hmm. I'll show a slide that, that shows a, um, a cup of coffee and I'll say, Hey, is this good or bad? You know, to the audience and they say different things. I'll show a glass of wine next. Is this good or bad? And you can imagine the different things people say. Then I'll show this fat bud of cannabis, all crystalline and everything. And I say, is this good or bad? And then ultimately they are like, Oh, you know, I guess it depends. It comes to moderation. And then I ask, what's the difference between a, a poison and a medicine or a drug and a medicine? Mm -hmm. And I always answer, it's the dosage. So using plant medicines and, and or medicine, I should just say, as a tool responsibly can can do amazing things. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. And it also makes me think about both dosage and intent, right? Like, mm -hmm. are, you, are, you, are you having a glass of wine or whatever because life is awful and this is the only way that you can make it through or are you doing it to cheers a drink with your friend because you want to high five them because you guys just had a thing right so that that energy that stacks with also the dosage i think has that kind of a compounding effect you know through that i think that's great i totally yeah. agree with that intentionality yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's so crazy and then, you know same thing with like you know you know i don't know smiling or high five you know or any anything right like you can in, intent seems so much um but you're you're right with that in, in terms of, of plant medicines because so it's but it's such a slippery slope and it takes I would say like the discipline and the awareness uh, to to realize you know you know what are you doing in this moment why are you doing this what is the purpose behind this right thing are you are, you know are you you know it's like oh well I'll just 
you know, because once you open that door, you're like, oh, I'm just going to have a donut because I, I want a thing. And then I'm going to have the entire box of donuts. And then I'm going to eat the, all the donuts in the store. Like, it, it's like, it slips. So catching yourself in those paths are very, very tricky, tricky things. So it seems like with you, you kind of have like what I would describe almost like you recognize as a human, um, you have a tendency, as humans do, to slip in this kind of default pattern. And you have a cyclical cycle, whether you're using plant medicines or using uh, juice cleanses or other types of things to kind of bring you back into more of an intentional state. Is that is that kind of? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, one of the things I love about my wife is sometimes she'll see it before I do. And she'll say, hey, you need to go be with your guy friends or <laughs> you need to go have some play. You need, she'll say, you need to go play or you need to go do some Tai Chi because you see I'm off. Yeah. Oh, she you can know? Feel it. that's beautiful. Well, that's oh, yeah. well, well, it's great also because it's not also, um, you know, what's amazing about that communication. And, you know, one thing that I've um, I've been kind of, you know, with my significant other been kind of working on that kind of communication is recognizing when the other person is off it's not because mm -hmm. whatever story they're having about you or anything it's not about you it's about going oh there's something you need some as you said self-care um and i would say like you know buffs that you'd cast on yourself to kind of armor up to go against the blows and fates against life and that for, for your partner to be able to recognize that and not also to be like oh you're doing it again ah and they start getting all monkey angry right she goes let's i love you and i care about you Please go go give yourself some love, whether it's friends or things like that. Just how do you balance out, you know, um, you know the, uh, you know, being a strong leader, being there, a uh, solid husband, uh, role model for your 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 daughter and your soon-to-be son, and and then also your own self-care. So I, uh, first of all, to be practical, I I'll, I'll try to get my self-care in in the morning. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work, but that's my default. And then, uh, there's other times it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, for, let's say I have an overnight with my men, you know, yeah. we, we go do something where we're just going to, you know, go be with each other and, and, and get nourished and help each other out. Uh, well, I know to keep that balance when I come home, I'm back on. Yeah. Or if I had to work out during a time when they were doing some things, when I come back, I'm on and I'm responsible for showing up and, and being there in whatever way that's required of me. Kind of make up for it. Sure, sure. So you can feel like, hey, you gave me the gift of self-care and love and it gave me that time, which was precious. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give back to you that reciprocal relationship of love and uh, support. Because you, you mentioned three things that you had focused on, which was you want to make sure that they're safe. Um, you want to make sure that they're supported and cared for. Taken care of. Taken care of. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that they're heard. Yeah. Right? That's beautiful. That's a great, I mean, that definitely sounds like a, you know, the protector of the village and the tribe, right? You're like, everyone's good. Everyone's safe. Everyone's heard. Great. Let's, let's, let's go this way. That's beautiful. And uh, what I'd love to do is that, um, that juice cleanse things you're going to send me, if you send me a link, what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes on my website. So if anybody else wants to find that out, they'll click through and they'll go to your page. And so they can find out more about that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, that would be great. Um, you know, um, getting toward the, the the back of the hour here, so I want to I want to be respectful of your time, and um, I know you have responsibilities that you need to be obligated, especially on the weekends here. So, uh, you know, give many thanks to your wife and your daughter for me on this one. Um, and uh, if what messages would you give to like a young a young hero, someone that wants to start out and the and say the area of blending together Eastern and Western uh, medicines for healing and rejuvenations. Um, 
what advice or tips or things would you give them if they're just starting out and they're looking at this vast sea of possibilities and they just don't know what to do or what steps to take and, and how to how to make that kind of progress? Whew. Well, um, I've got two things that, that jump to mind. Sure. The first is uh, ask for help. You don't have to do it alone. A lot of people who've come before you want to share their experience. And to the degree you can seek out and surround yourself with those people, you're going to have, um, you're going to get the results you want more quickly. And, and, and related to that. So this is, um, 1.5 of, of this same idea, uh, upgrade your peer group, continually upgrade your peer group. I like the saying you friend up, you don't friend down. You got to surround yourself with those, um, people who are going to lift you up. As the saying goes, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That is so huge. Oh, and the second comes by the way of a Chinese proverb. It's one of my favorite, top three favorite uh, sayings. And it's, to know and not to act is not to know. To know and not to act is to not to know. Mm. Mm. Meaning have integrity with what it is, you know, and act on it. A classic example would be, you know, um, and this isn't anything against smokers. It's just a classic example. Oh, I know I shouldn't smoke, you know? Um, but if you don't act on it, then do you really know? Mm -hmm. So where in your life from an Eastern Western medicine or self-care perspective, you know, where are you congruent with what it is that you say, you know, I know I need to work out every day or every other day. I know I need to, you know, uh, reduce the amount of, uh, animal, uh, protein that I consume. I, I know I need to X, Y, Z. Well, do you really know it? So again, to know and not to act on that knowing is really not knowing. Mm. And, and, and that'll just take you right where you need to be. That's beautiful. It's, it's, I mean, a hundred percent true. If someone goes, Oh, I know I should stop smoking or lose weight or insert thing. But it's like, yeah, no, you, you, you've heard other people say it, but you don't know it like deep down in what you would call your inner compass. Right. It's not, yeah. it's not actually, you know, it's not actually functioning properly. Um, well, own it, make it experiential. That's beautiful. Um, one of the follow up questions around this, just cause I was curious about it. Cause I think it's beautiful. What you said is upgrade your friend group. Is how yeah. does, how does someone, you know, they're around a bunch of people that maybe aren't aren't lifting them up, aren't good peoples. How do they how do they find those other people? How do they how do they how do they upgrade their friend group? What does that look like? Um, I, I think part of it is just look at where you're spending your time. You know, like if you're uh, spending your time smoking and drinking, mm -hmm. well, uh, if you stop spending your time smoking and drinking, you're not going to be spending time with those people as much. Mm. Um, or gaming, nothing against gaming, but just how do <laughs> I got you? Uh, but just it's it's really the dosage and the intention, yeah, yeah. right? No, okay. Well, the fact that I build games, you know, I build I know. experiences and stuff. But no, you're totally right on that one. Again, uh, intentions and intensity, right? Like it's like, are you playing it for a little bit just for your friends to have a good time? Or are you sedating yourself from life's like woes? 
but there could be yeah uh, there could be gaming groups you know or people that you get on you you know you can form a team of like entrepreneurs like yeah. we're just you know after hours we, we rocked it all day long in our businesses or in school yeah. and we're giving ourselves this three hour period to just go take over this whatever in the game that's so funny yeah but you did see you, did, you catch me side smiling <laughs> when you said that <laughs> you're just like game I'm like I'm like I, I do work in a game engine I was I know, like, <laughs> I know. They totally again it comes to I my one of my life philosophy is everything's a game life's a game video games are game right the everything you do is a game it's just what do you what's the game you're playing and is it getting you to where you want to go you know essentially and the other way I'd answer it is who's the person you always wanted to be what's next which direction are you going and then go where people are like that yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um Find so yeah, find your tribe and, and your tribe will be attracted to you as you are doing the things you love. It's not always about like success and, and, and progress in that way. It's just what do you like to do and do that and, and take a pause kind of like the COVID-19 pause we were talking about earlier yeah. and really look at what you're up to. And if you don't like it, as you start putting your energy and focus in these other directions, there'll be other people doing the exact same thing. And it's just get the like-minded resonation. You start humming together. Mm -hmm. You feel that energy and that 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 juice, the chi, as you would call it. Um, For example, just a quick a quick yeah, example. Please. That's how I met my wife. Oh really? Uh, we met in a tai chi class. So we are both aligned oh. in that way. We're on that vibration. We're both taking on self care, you know, and things like that. And that's how we met. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's probably why she's recognizing you. Go, hey. Maybe some Tai Chi would be good for you because she she knows it in herself to be true, and she can she knows it's good for you because you you feel it and vibe. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, and and so uh, Daniel, if people want to find out more about you, your practice, what do you do? Um, how do they how do they look that up or get a hold of you? Uh, they can go to uh, our website mm -hmm. soma.org. That's s o h m a dot o r g. That stands for uh, School of Healing Martial Arts. Or follow us on Instagram mm -hmm. uh, at Soma Health. At Soma Health. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yep. Awesome, Daniel. Well, I really appreciate your time, your insights, your thoughts. Um, this is beautiful. And uh, yeah, have a beautiful rest of your Saturday. And I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. All right, man. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback on how to improve the podcast, I would cherish that. Please give me an email or shout out at dylan at heroesofreality.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at heroesofreality.com. Stay strong, young adventures. Until next time.